Today, you are going to hear all about self-sabotage, therapy, and working through common things in life, especially that musicians and singers have to deal with, which is comparing other people and constantly finding the negative and constantly evaluating things. And I am so excited for our guest. I actually met her on Instagram and she's a certified life coach and her name is Taylor Arco. And she is not only incredibly kind and incredibly sweet, but she is so knowledgeable and she has so much to bring to the table and I know you are going to love her. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, I'm super excited to introduce our guest today. I have Taylor Arco, Certified Life Coach. So welcome, Taylor. Tell us a little bit about you. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I graduated from the University of Iowa May 2020 and immediately started grad school to become a marriage and family therapist. But with the certification and the length of school, it takes about three years before I can start practicing. And I didn't want to wait to start helping people. So I started a life coaching program. I graduated from that in February and I'm now a full-time life coach. Wow. That's, that's so exciting. What (laughs) made you really interested in, in helping people in this way and kind of getting into all of that? I actually, for the first three and a half years of undergrad, thought I was going to be a nurse. And I took one class on the administrative part of health. And I learned a lot about insurance and how it covers mental health in different ways than it covers physical health. And it just kind of lit a fire in me. And I wanted to be part of that change. So I changed my path. Oh, that's awesome. And we would love to talk a little bit about your views and your thoughts about therapy as well in this, because I know that's something you feel very strongly about. Let's, let's start by talking a little bit about self-sabotage. And I think, especially for musicians, there's this, this training that gets ingrained in musicians. Like you have studio classes or you have a soprano singing in the next practice room next to you, and you can kind of hear them and you're all this temptation to compare and then to start breaking yourself down. And so it's, it's a really big part of singers and musicians in general, their lives and, and a lot of other lines of work as well. So can you talk a little bit about what that is and, um, and maybe where it comes from? Yeah, great question. So self-sabotage is when we either consciously or unconsciously block ourselves from reaching our goals. And it can look anywhere from not committing to a relationship to procrastinating on a big project and then doing poorly on that project. And it stems from a few different areas and doesn't apply to everyone, but at least one area does. So the first one being a lack of confidence. If we don't believe in ourselves, then we kind of want to prove ourselves right. It's very scary to put ourselves in a position where we try our absolute hardest and then maybe we don't succeed in the way that we want to. That's a really hard thing. It's a lot harder than being like, well, you know, I procrastinated and didn't have as much time on the project as I would have liked. And that's why I did poorly, or I didn't practice as much in my part. And that's why I did poorly instead of giving your all and still not meeting your expectations. That's going to hurt a lot more. So it's almost a form of like having control over the situation um, that 
unknowingness is really, really scary. It, the uncertainty is terrifying for some people. And so having control and having certainty, even if it's a result that you don't really want, can be a lot easier to swallow. For sure. I love that. What tips maybe would you have for a, a scenario like that where someone felt like they they gave everything that they had, but they really weren't living up to their expectation. And then they were starting to really beat themselves up and break themselves down. What would you say to them? So studies actually show that when we practice distance self-talk, which is talking to yourself in the third person, that we're actually more kind to ourselves Um, in the same way that we're more kind to others when they don't do well than we are to ourselves. When we don't do well, it switches our mindset. Even though we know we're talking to ourselves, something switches in our brain. And so we're a lot nicer. And this has proven benefits on your performance and it reduces your emotional overwhelm. So when you talk to yourself in the third person, say, I'm, I'm nervous for this podcast, Instead of being like, oh, I'm so nervous. Like, what if I don't do well? Saying like, I'm going to do the, or Taylor's going to do the best that she can. You're going to do the best that you can. It switches and it helps your performance and it helps that emotional part of you so that you can approach it a lot better. So that's something you can do in the moment. I love that. That's, that's the first time that I've heard about that. And that's such, (laughs) such a great tip. Um, what other, what other thoughts do you have about how can we work through self-sabotage and negative self-talk? Yeah. In the long term, um, there's this research going on. It's really, um, common right now. A lot of people are talking about it. It's about neuroplasticity and that's the brain's ability to rewire itself. So we have some like 90,000 thoughts a day. And 85, 90% of those are negative. And the problem with that is that we're creating these unconscious habits in our brain to think a certain way. So how do we change that and literally rewire our brain so we have a more positive perspective? The things that we can do are affirmations. So saying, I am strong, I am smart, I am knowledgeable, I'm capable, these things to rewire your brain to start thinking positively about yourself. This has to be a daily practice. You don't change your brain overnight. So that's a long-term thing that you can do. And eventually you'll start noticing changes. And when you're talking to yourself like that, you're going to start thinking about yourself more positively. And when you do that, you don't self-sabotage because you have that belief in yourself. It goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of like not believing in ourselves. And so we're making that come true, but instead we start believing in ourselves. And so we make that come true. And then the other thing is for every negative thought, try and think one positive. So this is really a mindfulness practice. You have to become aware of your thoughts. We kind of just get used to having these thoughts and we don't question them. So we need to question them and then counter them. Say, I'm not going to do well. I'm really nervous. I didn't practice enough. And when you notice that, counter it. Okay, I'm going to do well. I'm going to do the best that I can. I've been doing this for years. I'm totally capable. And all those things that you practice daily, they're going to rewire your brain and you're going to start noticing changes. Yes. I, that is, that is awesome. That makes me so excited. Neuroplasticity is something that I'm super passionate about as well. Um, And something that 
I work on with with a lot of my students in performance anxiety is is exactly what you're saying. It's kind of this three-step process where there's an awareness of the thought. And we talk a lot about how the thoughts don't necessarily equal truths just because they pop in into our heads, right? And so then we have have this thought and then it's becoming aware of it and being like, no, no, that's a lie or that's not true. And then the second step of, of um, switching it to, like you said, be something positive or make it just the opposite. And um, and that really can help transform in a way their, their thoughts of how they do that. So I love, I love that you have that as well. Um, and what would you say, because I know that probably a lot of us know, or maybe it's ourselves, but maybe we know someone that has been in this cycle for years. Has it like, they've just been doing it forever. And perhaps they don't even realize that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but maybe even if they do, they're just kind of like, um, yeah, I, the, you know, that's not going to work for me, or I won't try that. Or even I tried that a little bit and it doesn't work, you know, really dismissing it very quickly. What would you say for them to help with that process? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone has negative thoughts at some point during the week. And it's just a matter of like how we respond to those and how often they are. If they really start interfering with our lives, then that's when we want to step in. And sometimes, like I said, we get so used to these habits that we don't realize what's going on. So the first thing is if you're listening to this podcast, just start like start questioning your thoughts and not all of them are going to be incorrect, but also not all of them are going to be correct. And so just practicing that mindfulness and that self-awareness can change a lot of different aspects of your life. If it's someone else, there's a few things that you can do, but the biggest thing is that you can't really change anyone, right? So what can you do if you can't actively sit someone down and say, this is everything you're doing wrong, because we all know that never goes well. So (laughs) If you're close with the person, you can just start pointing things out. Hey, don't talk about yourself like that or counter it for them. Start giving them those affirmations, hoping that they'll catch on and start giving themselves those affirmations. The other thing that we can do is just try to inspire others. So start practicing yourself and sharing it with people and encouraging them to do the same. Maybe they'll see the positive impacts that it has on your life and they'll want to make the change too. It's Part of the reason why I've been doing daily gratitudes for months, but I started doing it publicly on my social media and the amount of people that it's reached um, is amazing. And it's just so awesome to be inspiring to others. And so I think we can do that even with people we're close to. I love that. Yes. And I, I definitely agree with with your ideas about how to help somebody else. I think sometimes I can fall into this trap of when I hear somebody that I love going through a bunch of negative self-talk and like being like, Oh, I'm so stupid or, or whatever it is that they're saying. Sometimes I'm like, stop saying that. Like, that, that. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not setting a good example, you know, by letting all of this uh, anxiety come and like well up inside me is yeah. to anger, you know? Um, so that's, that's really, really great. Um, talk, talk a little bit about life coaching because you are a life coach and what is it that you feel like you were able to help people with the most? So I want to start with the differences between life coaching and therapy, because most people have heard of therapy and have some idea of what it looks like, but 
not as many people know what life coaching is or what it looks like. The biggest differences are therapy is a lot more focused on mental health. So debilitating anxiety, depression, personality disorders, things like that. That requires a trained professional um, from the psychology field. They also look more at your past and how it's affecting you now and trying to resolve some of those things. Whereas life coaching is going to be a lot more future focused, a lot more goal oriented. So what do you want to achieve in the next year? How do we do that? What are the barriers? How do we overcome the barriers and developing this plan and changing the mindset around that in the future tense? Um, So that's really where I come in. I was a college athlete. So health and wellness is something that I feel really passionate about. It's something that I feel very qualified to help someone with. So when it comes to picking up good habits, self-care, fitness, eating, things like that, and attacking the mindset, people know what it means to eat healthy. People know, go to the gym for 30 minutes a day, but where they really struggle is what happens on the weekends when that cake is sitting there or what happens at 6am when I'm feeling a little bit tired. It's the mindset and the long-term commitment that really gets to people. So that's where I step in. The other thing is I know that so many of us have a ton of ideas and we almost feel overwhelmed by all these ideas that we don't make progress towards any of them because we don't know how to choose just one or which steps to take to achieve that goal. So that's another point where I come in as we brainstorm and we go through that mindset again and develop smaller, shorter term goals to help you achieve your long term goals. That's great. And if someone was interested in getting a life coach, is that something where they could commit to a certain amount of time or is it something where they just do as needed or how does that really generally work? Great question. So first things first is you don't have to have a certification to call yourself a life coach, unfortunately. So it's important to make sure that the person that you're looking at to work with is certified and they went to a credible program because you want to make sure that they're actually trained to help you and not just giving their own advice that they got from their life, but they have science backed facts to help you. Um, From there, I think that A lot of different life coaches, they offer different packages, but most common is longer term packages. So I've seen anywhere from a month to three months to six months. And this is because you're not going to change in one session. And even in four sessions in a month, it's going to be hard to change. It's the same thing as if you go to get a trainer to get stronger in the gym and you see them three times, you're not going to notice a difference, right? So They're definitely longer term packages because it takes time to rewire your brain. It takes time to build habits and you need that accountability for the long term. Um, As far as pricing, there's definitely a range, but most life coaches I know encourage you to have a call with them before they give their pricing and give their packages because they want to get to know you and make sure that they're qualified for you and that they're capable of helping you or else they're going to refer you to someone else. That's great. That's really, really exciting. And um, for, are you accepting new clients at this time that we're recording this? And um, if so, how can people find you, Taylor? I am accepting new clients. I don't have a ton of availability. So I'm only accepting 
maybe three more new clients right now, but you can reach me on Instagram. My username is Taylor Arco. You can also email me. My email is taylor at taylorarco.com or you can go to my website, taylorarco.com. Um, should be pretty easy to find. I think I might be the only Taylor Arco in the world. Um, <laughs> but from there, there's ways to contact me on each of those platforms. And then there's also info about me, about my sessions, how they're structured and how I operate as a coach. Great. And I want to, I want to circle back to something, something that I was thinking about as you were talking about life coaching is for singers and musicians. Um, I want to see if you have any advice for them in, in this way, because there are so many times where they really struggle with comparison. And I think in, in life in general, this is something that people in general can often compare themselves. So they find someone on Instagram that's this and this and this and this and this, this much better, this much faster, this much, whatever it may be. Um, but especially for musicians, it's one of those things where they're trying to find their individualism and really express themselves in a unique way. And then they find that there are 700,000 other people that sound very similar to them that have a very similar voice part and that they have similar things to say. How would you feel about um, different tips of, of what could help them with those struggles of comparison and they know that they have something unique to offer but it's one of those things where they hear and they're seeing other people especially on social media now constantly and it's kind of this inner struggle daily often yeah i think back to some of those neuroplasticity things we talked about of the affirmations just to rewire our brain and put ourselves in a more positive mindset but the other thing is comparison isn't fair because there are plenty of things that we are putting out on social media, but there's also plenty of things that we're not sharing on social media. You might see a singer who has all the same qualities that you have, but you don't necessarily know how many rejections they're getting. They're only posting about the um, positive feedback that they're getting, right? So it's very easy to forget that. That's why we have to circle back to questioning our thoughts. Do I actually know that this thought is true or is it an assumption? And who am I without this thought? Who am I without the thought that I'm the worst singer in the world? Am I more confident? Am I going to more auditions? Because it's so, so easy to get stuck in that negative cycle. But we have to remind ourselves of who are we without these self-deprecating beliefs? Because that's who we should be and that's who we are deep down. It's just so easy to get caught in the comparison of everything. Yes, for sure. And would you agree that possibly removing some of those triggers, maybe removing someone from a news feed could be helpful so that they're not triggered to see a, maybe a certain person that triggers them feeling like they're less than? Definitely. If you're following the person who beat you out in an audition, I mean, every time you see them, you're going to be comparing yourself, right? So it's, that's one of the best things to do is removing these triggers, removing these things that make you feel negatively about yourself. Um, if the opportunity isn't there, then the action isn't going to occur. Right. I love that. And do you feel like you have any moments that have been particularly special either in your own personal life 
or with clients or people that you have helped as far as transformations from having, whether it was self-sabotage or whether it was some sort of anxiety and kind of seeing the transformation that can happen with that? Yeah. So actually me very recently, um, this wasn't my full-time job until maybe a month and a half ago. I've been a life coach since August, but I was scared to take that leap and leave my other job because what if I wasn't good enough? What if, what if I wasn't able to support myself with life coaching? And so it was easier to stay in this safe zone of having another job and not giving my full effort towards life coaching. Um, but that was a self-fulfilling prophecy because since I had another job and I couldn't give my full effort towards life coaching, I wasn't getting the maximum amount of success that I could have. Um, I started noticing these habits and I started trying to rewire my brain. Um, I took a leap of faith. I left my old job and I'm having a lot of success because I was able to put my best foot forward and put all of my eggs into this basket, all of my effort out there. And the success I'm having is great, but I wouldn't have known that unless I believed in myself and it took a little bit, but I got there. Yes. That's awesome. And what would you say really helped you with that risk of, was it just something where you're like, okay, I understand. I'm afraid here we go. Or was it kind of like, did, did somebody help you through that? Or was that, what was that like? Yeah. I wrote down my goals for the year, um, in January and, my goal was to be a full-time life coach, to have this freedom, to be able to help more people. And so I wrote down my smaller goals. How do I achieve that? How do I achieve that? And it came down to, these are the things that I need to do weekly. And I saw, well, I don't have time to do those things weekly. And it kind of switched in me that I don't have time because I was too scared to give myself time. Um, So that was a really big thing is just writing it down and seeing like, where were things going wrong? And was I not reaching my goals because I'm not there yet? Or was I not reaching my goals because I wasn't allowing myself? And when I saw that, um, I started envisioning what I wanted my practice to look like and what I wanted this career to look like. And I started really acting on that instead of acting out of fear. That's awesome. That's so fun. Um, And now you're actually, you're planning to get an Airstream, right? Yes. Um, we actually just got news a few days ago of when we'll be getting it, which is the middle of September. My fiance and I will be living in an Airstream full time and traveling all of the Americas, I hope. <laughs> that's, that's great. And have, do you have a certain time frame that you're like, we're going to do this for fill in the blank or we're just going to do it until we want to? Um, so as of now, I'm supposed to start my clinicals next April. So that would give us about six months in the Airstream. Um, So six months looks like our maximum, but right now I'm actually coming up with a game plan to see if I can extend that a little bit, just because if we get to six months and we're not ready to let go of that life, then I don't want to have to. So I might extend my schooling a little bit so that I can live out that dream. Nice. And what is, what is the dream exactly? What are you hoping to get out of it or experience from that? I think, um, so we're both in our early twenties. We don't have kids. We don't own a home. We really don't have a lot of commitments in that sense. 
So right now I see as our opportunity to travel and kind of live this nomad life. I think it's really important to see other areas of the country and other countries. I think it opens up our world lens a lot, helps us become more empathetic and we learn a lot that we don't learn from just reading, right? So actually living that I think is really important. And I want to give myself that opportunity while I can. Yes. Do you have certain places that are on your must visit list? Yes. So I really want to go explore more of the East coast. I haven't been there as much as I'd like. I've never been to Western Canada. So that's on the top of my list. And then I would love to go down to um, Mexico, maybe Baja California and spend a little bit of time there living this beach bum life. (laughs) Very nice. Awesome. Well, thank you, Taylor, so much for, for coming on the show. And I know I learned so much and I know that our listeners are feeling the same way. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Okay, cool. You did great. You did awesome. Um, Thank you. So no, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and it was, it's nice to, because I, I met, um, Brock via Shalene and now I met you via Brock. Um, (laughs) so it's, it's really cool. You, you really truly have the best family and like the best group of people, the best human beings in, in the world. So it's nice to meet you now. Thank you. Yeah. It was so great meeting you. I know I told Brock, um, I was like, this girl wants me to be on her podcast. I was so excited. And he's like, I know her. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah, no, it's been, um, obviously I was in Iowa for a little bit. So really the last year has been me actually being a what it feels like a part of the family now that I'm out of school and taking on this new career and things like that. So it's been really awesome to have them as a support system. Yeah, for sure. Do you ever, um, just curious, do you ever feel like it's kind of like, Oh, I'm, I'm Brock's fiance or, or being a part of like Shalene's, Shalene's daughter-in-law, well, (laughs) almost, you know what I mean? Almost daughter-in-law. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do feel that sometimes I get really excited when I have a client who didn't find me because of the Johnsons. Um, I got a little bit defensive when we first got engaged because I had a lot of people asking me like, how do you feel to be joining the Johnson family? How do, how does it feel to have such a awesome mother-in-law? And like, they're great. And Shalene is great. And I love them so much. Um, but my family is also amazing. And I also come from a great family. So I think I do feel frustrated sometimes when people are like, um, hang on to Brock or like, he's a keeper because it's like, so am I, Yes, you know? And like, I posted once um, something that Brock did to me and I said, I deserve all of this. And people were just shocked by that in a good way. Like they were inspired by it because Uh we're so often to be like, what did I do to deserve this? Oh my gosh, you're too good for me. And it's like, no, me and him are equals. I'm amazing. He's amazing. And that's why we're good together. And so um, sometimes when I hear comments, I get a little bit defensive, but I know that they don't mean it in that way. It's just, I get so many of them that it sometimes does get to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I could totally understand that. Um, No, that's, that's really awesome. I've really enjoyed the content that you've put out there. 
Thank you. I think it's really, really helpful. And it's so, it's so on niche with me too, because my, I mean, my, my people are singers or musicians or, or people just in general that have performance anxiety and want to be calmer before performances in a way. Um, so it's, it's really cool to, to see everything that you're doing. And I love your reels that you're putting out there. Um, so I, I just really appreciate all the content you're putting out there and it's just, it's so valuable too. And, and the delivery that you have is, is just very sincere and it's, um, very thoughtful, but very also wisdom packed. And, um, it's, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, this prowess I feel like because you like you have this the sincerity and then backed by like this like kick but information um so so I'm a big fan of research so if I can't find something that has a research study to back it I'm like no because that's just how my brain operates I'm like I want to see the facts and so that's (laughs) what I set out to do is I was like I'm just gonna like inform everyone with all of these facts and I think a lot there and no, like not speaking bad on them, but there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, journal and do this for your morning routine. And like, I believe in all of those things. I have a morning routine. I journal, I do all of that, but I think it's really helpful um, for people to hear, like it's scientifically proven. I think it's a lot easier to accept, accept and want to adopt when you know that like it's proven to work. So that's the part that I want to bring to the table. Yeah. No, for sure. That's, that's great. Um, so maybe at some point, just because it's, it's so all of the content that you have is, is so on niche for what I'm doing with, with my students. If you'd ever be willing to come back on, we could do another episode about something. We could find something specific that we want to talk a little bit more in depth about. Um, or maybe some of, I just, like the posts that you're starting to make now of cognitive distortion and even one of those or, or something or a couple of them, or, you know, we could, we could talk about that and we could have you come on. Um, I think it would be super fun if you'd be willing to return. Yeah, I would love to do that. I think like these thinking habits that we think are normal, we don't realize they're so unhelpful. So I would love to do a podcast on um, some of the cognitive distortions and just what they look like and help people kind of just become aware of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, the turnaround for this, it usually takes, I have two babies and (laughs) things take a little bit longer um, because of that. And so probably around four weeks is the, is the turnaround for this kind of thing by the time the team is done editing and, and everything like that. Um, uh, And so I'll definitely, I'll definitely probably make a post or tag you or, or something like that. So you know, when it comes out, um, but then we can maybe schedule at some point in the future. Something awesome. Yeah. Future. I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. It's so nice to meet you, Taylor. You Thank too. you so much for coming on and have a wonderful day. And if I don't see you before, I would think I might see you before, but if I don't see you before your Airstream adventure, have <laughs> a buttload of fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I want you to imagine what it would be like if you had so much focus, so much zen, so much peace, so much calmness, and so much excitement at the same time before performance. As in, like, you're not getting in your head, you're not freaking out, you're not becoming a basket case, or you're not a hot mess. So if you feel like sometimes that is you, 
Imagine what it would feel like if that wasn't the case, if that wasn't a problem anymore. It would be pretty awesome, right? So what is the first step to that? Working with your mindset. So if this is something that's of interest to you, I recommend going to stopcaringwhatthethink.com. If you're a performer and you want to have more confidence, if you want to get out of your head, these are tips and tricks that I'm offering to you for free. It's a free resource that can help you have more confidence to manage that anxiety and just to feel like you can enjoy life again. You can enjoy performing. That's what it's all about, right? So stopcaringwhatthethink.com. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope that you enjoyed it and learned something. Don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. I post new videos every Wednesday and a new podcast every Friday. Thanks.